0: Back everybody to a crossover event between the Junkyard Dogcast and the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I am the Junkyard Dogcast host Jordan Hill. We've got Auburn Undercovers Nathan King with us on this Thursday, Thursday afternoon in Athens, Thursday morning in Auburn, getting ready for this year's edition of the Deep South Oldest Rivalry. So. Uh, getting ready a lot to talk about a lot to discuss with nathan Uh, and i'll throw it to you nathan Uh, how is this thursday morning on the plains treating you as we get ready uh, for another edition of this rivalry game
1: it is going great jordan uh as you know my wife works at the hospital and one of her patients gave her like a brunch set so like all you have to do is kind of like mix the stuff in um very satisfactory i would say since i'm not a very good cook um it's turned out to be pretty good yeah i i'm very excited for you to be back in town this weekend um it was funny on our message board this morning posting your q a story someone was like why do i recognize that name what is jordan hill ever been in auburn i was like he has actually so you know this rivalry better than uh better than most people but yeah jordan i'm really interested to get your side of things of course on the bulldogs we did this last year um if everybody remembers both of our both of our sides of the podcast listener so this will not be if you're an auburn listener this will not be a standard q a georgia person tells you everything if you're a georgia listener this will not be that for for the auburn side it'll kind of be me and jordan playing both sides here just because a lot of times when we do this crossover stuff you'll do like two separate episodes and me and jordan just kind of figure yeah that's kind of a it's kind of a waste of time. It's a waste of 30 or 40 minutes. So we'll just, we'll just pack it all in here, but you guys seem to enjoy it last year. And uh, and yeah, I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Definitely. And I will say, and Nathan, you can, you can give your perspective, but I always sort of feel bad when I have those beat writers on talking because I pretty much, I speak for like four minutes and then I'm like, okay, you carry 23 minutes or whatever of the podcast. So it's, it's always fun. And I think it, it works well in a game like this with a rivalry where, uh, like you mentioned, Nathan, I've been there in Auburn. I sort of know that perspective. But also, you know, people have paid attention to what's going on at Georgia, uh, even over there on the plains. That they've seen what is going on, and, and there's a lot of intrigue in the, in the, this year's game, and a lot of questions, I think, for both sides.
1: Yeah, it's you know, you one would think, and I think there's probably not a ton of Auburn fans who necessarily think their team is going to go out there and get a win on Saturday. But the the formula is in place because it's in jordan Hare, and that's what that's what hugh free said on monday he said thank god this game is in jordan Hare stadium um because these things happen sometimes and uh you don't have to go yeah it's two decades it's a little while back but that's not as far as some teams maybe the last time auburn beat a number one team as an unranked team um florida came in here in 2001 um as a 21 point favorite in that game um and auburn won in the late stages. And so it would take, as I'm, you know, we're going to get into the factors that it would take here, but um, I understand Georgia is playing extremely well at the beginning of the season, but not, it has some injuries. I know that some things maybe have not been up to par of what they thought Auburn obviously has a ton of issues offensively. um, But Auburn's defense has been pretty solid here in the early season. You'd like to see a bounce back performance from the quarterbacks. Is Georgia the right team to remedy that? I don't know. It's pretty good defense to try to fix some of your issues against, but uh yeah, I mean there's I think it, you know, we've seen enough of these games to where I mean there was the game a couple years ago when Brian Harson was here, Stetson Bennett and and I think Ladd McConkey had a touchdown in that game and that one was pretty uncompetitive. Every other George Auburn game I've seen in this stadium has been has been pretty competitive over the years. So maybe this one has an opportunity to be the same.
0: Definitely. I think the last uh the last one with uh Gus and, uh, and those guys in 19, Bo led a, a second-half comeback. Didn't quite you know, get the job done to beat Georgia, but it was a very competitive game. Um, I, I figure we'd kind of go back and forth talking about these two teams, and I'll start with you, Nathan, with Auburn. First loss of the season last week at Texas A&M. What's just sort of the vibe you've gotten about where this team is right now, three and one, getting ready for this big game, um, and just what the players, what the coaches have been saying getting ready for Georgia versus Auburn?
1: Yeah, well, the biggest thing here in the early season has been the passing game. Um, And that's not something if you are Auburn moving forward, you want to see out of a team that hired Hugh Freeze. Obviously, that's been his strong suit over the years, regardless of where he's been, has been not only his quarterback development, but his his ability to have a successful passing game. And so that was what reared up mostly against Texas A&M. Obviously, it was their first loss of the season. And so Um, This is by no means doom and gloom for Auburn because like you said, they are three and one. I mean, it's the early part of the year and they only have one loss and it was in a game that they're about a touchdown underdog. So it's not like they, a lot of people expected them to go in there and win, but I will say Auburn's played two power five games here early in the year and the passing game has looked pretty bad in both of them. Um, They were very lucky to go on the road and beat Cal. That game really showed that one drive is all it takes because Auburn was extremely inconsistent. Lots of turnovers, um, Peyton Thorne really wasn't able to get into a rhythm in that game, but he leads a like a 70-yard drive with six minutes left, and that was all it took because your defense played well against Texas A&M, and, and that's where a lot of my concerns come in with this Georgia game for Auburn is that um, this is an offensive line that just got overwhelmed, and it was a quarterback who never necessarily looked comfortable um, in this game. Career low in completions for Peyton Thorne, only six of them. Career low in yards, he only threw for 44 yards. It's never a great number for your starting quarterback. And he was benched in the third quarter, and uh, it was a it was a hard benching. Like they only went back to him later in the game because they didn't trust Robbie Ashford to make throws on third and long. And so, um, if you're a Georgia fan, I would still expect Peyton Thorne to be the starter in this game. Everything we've heard from Hugh Freeze being at practice, it seems pretty likely that he's going to continue to be the starting quarterback heading into the bye week. Though you know they've also got some issues, maybe with the play calling right now. Hugh Freeze has admitted. This is tough for me. I've never done this before. I've never handed over play calling before. And it's been, you know, it's been shaky. It's been so-so. And and that's got to be tough for an offensive coach to kind of be hands off on that. And so I just think with this being a year one, you've got nothing to lose. I mean, you're already in a better spot than you thought you were going to be in terms of a roster. Like This was not a roster that should have gone to a bowl game. And then Freeze got here and and flipped it through the transfer portal. So you're starting to see... I think through one SEC game where you're facing a really talented defense at Texas A&M, you're seeing, hey, here are some of the cracks in the armor that that come with a patchwork roster. Because like, at the end of the day, like there are exciting pieces all over this team, and a bunch of the defensive pieces have come together really, really well. It's still, it's still a bunch of guys coming together from from a group of five schools. It's still a bunch of guys playing together for the first time in their careers. All that being said. I would be surprised if Auburn is not better this week against Georgia. It was just so out of sync offensively against Texas A&M. Um, it never seemed like Peyton Thorne was very comfortable. He He's not necessarily – his the pocket presence was a big thing. I mean, if anyone watched that game, five sacks, and a few of them were on the offensive line, but a few of them were on him. He just – he didn't have the best ability to necessarily read edge pressure. And so, again, Georgia's NFL talent on defense is not the correct remedy. I think, for for those issues. But at the same time, um, this is a coaching staff you have to give the benefit of the doubt to and have to say, hey, they're going to do a good job of adjusting. If they don't, they've got the bye week to do it. But, um, you know, we talked about it a little bit in our Q&A on our site here on Thursday, Jordan. But I am interested to see because everything I've kind of gathered from you that this is not the same Georgia defensive line of the past couple years. It's really good. And I think it, I think it's got some NFL players. I know they've got some injuries right now. I guess I, I'm I'm, in, I'm most interested in your perspective of that part of the game, that matchup of what they can do to maybe overwhelm the offensive line and Auburn's passing game, and just kind of throw it out of whack. Because I think that's I think that's where this game starts and ends. If Auburn can't do anything in that part of the game again, I don't really think they have a chance to compete.
0: I think it's probably the matchup to watch in this game, especially to your point, Nathan, if Auburn is going to make this a four-quarter game. Uh, I, I've been a little underwhelmed by this defensive line. Now, part of it is the competition. You know, you think when you're playing a UT Martin, a Ball State, a UAB, that you know you should just dominate. And, and there's been moments, but <clears throat> but it has not been what I would imagine. Um, that would have happened. Now, part of the problem in the last week, Michael Williams, defensive end guy that I expect to lead the team in sacks for the second straight year. I uh, did not play. was dealing with an illness. I think he will be back. Uh, I would imagine he'll at least travel and they'll see how he feels on game day on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was a defensive line coming into this year. They knew they did not have a Jalen Carter. That was no surprise. Um, in the spring you thought a guy that would probably come along would be Bear Alexander uh, the day of G day the spring game he announces about 2 hours before kickoff that uh, I'm going in the transfer portal he winds up transferring to USC and the talk throughout the offseason with this defensive line from Kirby Smart and the players as well it boiled down to qu- quantity over quality and when i say that i'm still saying these are four star five star guys these are still really good defensive linemen but they there's not a guy on this defensive line that is going in the first round in april you know they don't have a jalen carter or a jordan davis but they've got some really talented guys they got some really experienced guys warren brinson zion Logue, nazir stackhouse all of those guys are seniors they've been around they've you know what learned behind uh, some of those guys i just mentioned waited their turn And they've had their moments. I think the best half of football from this defensive line through four games was a second half against South Carolina, honestly, when they needed it. And and you watch the first half of that South Carolina game, and we were talking about this in the last few days, just getting ready for this game. You know, Me and Benjamin Wolk, who works with me there at Dogs 24-7, we were convinced at halftime of that South Carolina, Carolina game that Georgia was going to lose that game it just looked like they could not stop Spencer Rattler could not get to him and and he picked them apart and credit to the defensive line in that second half uh, they really turned it around Uh, Michael Williams uh, I think he got at least one sack but he brought a lot of pressure and got to Rattler Uh, Rattler's final stats look nothing like they did even at the end of the third quarter I mean they really turned it up played well so that's the thing that's interesting to me from a Georgia perspective, looking at this game, you know, Georgia's four and they're still number one in the country. They've passed all the tests so far, but it's funny, Nathan, I still have a ton of questions about this team and it boils down to the schedule. And, uh, I always like pointing out that, you know, had Georgia had it their way, they would have played at Oklahoma in week two. And I feel like we would have learned a whole lot more. At least we would be sitting here today with a lot more knowledge about this team and, uh, and what, Um, their weaknesses are, what their strengths are. But, you know, when you have to keep the competition in mind, that that sort of throws things off. You say, well, they did this, but they did it against UAB. Or they did this, and it came against Ball State. Um, The South Carolina game is the biggest lesson to me. And and there were definitely some positives. uh, But when you look specifically at the defensive line, you got to know that um, there's a lot of questions there. And and they need those guys to step up. And if Michael Williams can't play, Um, That should be considered a golden opportunity for Auburn uh, because he's by far their best pass rusher. Um, Talking about defense, Nathan, what has stood out to you about this Auburn defense? You know, I've only gotten to see them in spurts so far this season. Uh, You know, sometimes with game times, you can kind of catch glimpses of other teams We'll try to do that a little bit with Auburn. Um, Seems like there's some really impressive things on there. Um, The way they force turnovers. I mean, Eugene Asante really, really stands out. What are the strengths of this Auburn defense? And what do you feel like they've got to do to have a successful Saturday against Georgia?
1: Yeah, so far so good for this unit. And, and like we mentioned previously, th- there are a lot more returning pieces, I think, in place on defense than, than on the offensive side of the ball. But they still had to fill in here and there with transfers. The defensive line is a lot of new guys. You mentioned Eugene Asante there at linebacker. He, he's basically a new guy. He transferred in from North Carolina last year. Former four-star recruit didn't really play at all. Um, and what a revelation he he has been. I mean, I, I would say right now he's the best player on this defense. And if you had told me back in May, yeah, Eugene Asante is gonna be the best player on Auburn's defense heading into the Georgia game, I would just be shell shocked. I mean, um, you know, we we ran into an NFL scout when we were in college station um uh, before the game. Shocker Jason Caldwell knew him, you know, somehow. And so that, yeah, you know, that's a big I know it's a big surprise to you, but uh you know, he was, he had some guys written down and he was like, I've heard, he was like nine on defense. Is that a guy? We were like, yes, yes, keep your eye on that guy. And then he has the fumble return for a touchdown. Um, he also had a play against, he almost stopped Max Johnson from converting a third and four coming like 15 yards from across the field. And everyone in the press box just audibly reacted because we didn't know he could, he could actually run that fast. That linebacker spot, they lose Owen Papo, former five star recruit. And I don't really think they've fallen off that much. Um, The defensive front seven has actually been pretty good through a few games. Again, you mentioned competition level. This is the part of the year where we'll continue to find out more about every single team in the SEC. I will say Auburn has played a couple Power 5 games. Cal is not necessarily the stiffest competition in the world, but that was still a tough game for them to go on the road and get a win really late night out on the West Coast. And the defense is absolutely the reason that they won that game. Um, and you you know, you know, covered this team for a couple of years, Jordan, you know that pretty much there were a lot of instances where the defense would fight and fight, but eventually you have to crack because you're on the field so often when the offense isn't producing. That was one of the first instances I have ever seen of this defense not cracking against Cal. They just kept fighting and fighting, and eventually the offense broke through, but we just kind of kept waiting for the dam to break, and it never did. Um, and so that's a credit to Ron Roberts, the the first-year defensive coordinator, Um, That's a veteran name. Obviously he was most recently at Baylor creative blitz packages is, is kind of the name of the game for him. That's actually, unfortunately, you know, that's, that's how Connor Wegman got hurt um, against, against Auburn. looks like he might be out for the season, but that was an example. It was a delayed safety blitz. Um, And obviously it was kind of an awkward hit for him, but it, but it kind of showed what they're capable of doing in terms of getting to the quarterback. They've successfully done that every single game. That's why Carson Beck, in his first road start is going to be an interesting spot for me, but yeah, Jordan through, I mean, through four games, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to Zion Puckett, the fifth year senior safety from, from Georgia this week. And he said, he feels like 85%, 80% execution through four games that they've had on defense. And that's, uh, it's a pretty good number that, that is a unit that this is not, this is not advanced analysis here, but they have to play well for Auburn to have a chance in any of these games. Um, And I'm kind of at the point where I I need to see them not do it in order to think that George is going to come in here. This is not to me. This doesn't look like a twenty twenty one game. I don't think Carson Beck is just going to be able to drop back and do whatever he wants, um, like Stetson Bennett did in that game. I mean, he had multiple bombs down the field. Um, The sovereign defense played well, even against A&M. That that final score isn't really indicative. A&M had a big run at the end of the game to get them down to the goal line. And Auburn's guys are like, you can tell they can barely even keep up. I mean, they've been on the field the entire game. That should have been like a 20 to 13, 20 to 17 game. And so um, again, through four games, through a c- couple power five opponents, this has been a defense that's been really solid. And you know, I, I mentioned it there for a second, but that comes back to another big question mark for me in this game. And it's one that we circled even in the off season. It's like, oh, Georgia doesn't go on the road. Like you mentioned, this is not by design. They were going to, it was Oklahoma it was going to be a thing but they don't go on the road until week five at Auburn and Jordan Hare stadium is a, is not necessarily a place you want to make your first career start. Now I don't doubt that Carson Beck is going to have a good game on Saturday because he's obviously done pretty well so far this season. I'm just interested from your perspective, you know, watching him this year, watching his progression, watching how he won the starting quarterback job. A how has he done through a few games? B what are your expectations for him on Saturday and C, what are some areas where, Hey, If Auburn does this, they might be able to confuse him a little bit and and make him have a rough day. The dreaded
0: three-part question there, Nathan. Uh, Yeah, hey,
1: keep track of all of those. You must.
0: I've got it. Uh, (laughs) Carson, I think, has played really well so far. I gave him, I think, when we did our Q&A a a Um, He's done a very good job of distributing the football. I, I sort of thought we'd come in, and especially some of those early games, you just see him really lock on and throw to, like, one or two guys. Done a good job of passing the ball along, getting many different receivers involved. Um, My biggest knock on him so far, he's just missed some deep shots, whether it's just not seeing a guy. Um, He had one overthrow to Jackson Minx against UAB, and then another throw that um, probably should have been caught by Arian Smith uh, but wound up being incomplete. So probably the explosives is the biggest thing. Um, What sticks with me going into this game, because I do think, you know, that the crowd is going to play a role – and that you are going to see times where they're having to, to really work on communication to make plays and get plays off. But going back even before the start of the season, something uh, Kirby Smart really harped on with Carson is that he's an even kill guy, level-headed, never too high, never too low. And you have seen that in the games when you've either watched from the sidelines or even on the telecast, seeing him on the sideline. If something didn't go right, You don't see him getting upset. You don't see him in anybody's face, just kind of cool, calm, and collected. And that will be tested on Saturday. You know, this is definitely going to be the biggest test so far of his career as a starter. Again, only his fifth start, first one on the road. Um, It was really interesting to me. Um, One, you know, we know there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Uh, but, you know, Kirby made it a point this week to say, look, you know, he's got to take care of business, but he's got 10 guys around him, too, that have to help him. And, you know, we had a chance on Wednesday night to talk to Marcus Roseme jack Saint, who's been one of the leading receivers this year. Cedric Van Pran, who's a third-year starter at center. And, and they really broke down the things they can do to help Carson, whether it's just getting aligned, getting ready, you know, being in the right spot at the right time. Cedric, making sure everybody's on this, on the right page. Um, I I think that they understand that they've got to be ready because this is something new for Carson. Uh, When it comes to Carson and when it comes to Auburn playing this game, I think the biggest thing is bringing pressure. And we know Ron Roberts is going to do that. Kirby was very complimentary of Ron and the job he has done uh, when he spoke about him on Monday. Uh, But the times that you've seen him make mistakes, uh, he had a turnover on downs against UAB and it boiled down to pressure. It was fourth and three. Uh, they had an open receiver. Rara Thomas was on a slant. UAB brought six. Did, the pressure didn't quite get there, but it was coming. And Carson threw behind Rara. And, and I think that's the thing. And I think it's something that um, is another point to watch with Carson is how he handles himself in the pocket. There's been a few times where you can see he's a little, uh, you know, got got happy feet in the pocket coming up. Um, you know, not being willing to let the play develop and and feeling that pressure and letting it affect him. To me, that is going to be the key. You know, if we are sort of looking at the game after the fact and we say Auburn played it close and they did a good job on defense, I would say, well, then they probably got after Carson and and they affected his play. Give him a lot of time. Because that South Carolina game, he matched Spencer Rattler throw for throw. And uh, I thought he did a very good job. The South Carolina game by far has been his best start, uh, particularly when you consider the competition. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be something to watch. I think Ron Roberts is going to try to be really creative and try to test a Georgia offensive line that lost its right tackle in that South Carolina game. So uh, they have played well since Amarius Marius Mims got hurt, but you have to keep that in mind that uh, they lost that starter. And, you know, is going to be a big test for all those guys.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you bring up that that situation there for Georgia because they've got a long injury list that I wanted to kind of get into from the Auburn side of things. Um, just to kind of give Georgia fans an update for the Tigers in terms of their injuries, there are three guys that you're not going to see on the field on Saturday. Damari Alston, um, the running back, it was kind of by committee here early in the season, he looked really good um, from a four-star recruit. From Atlanta. I can't remember if Georgia recruited him or not, but um, shoulder injury for him against AM. He's gonna be out for a while, dislocated shoulder. Austin Keys is their was their starting middle linebacker. Ole miss transfer, he's out for a while after thumb surgery a couple weeks ago. And then Keontae Scott, you mentioned Ron Roberts, that star position there that is what they call their nickel back. It's 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 so important. Scott's gonna be out for another couple months after a high ankle sprain. And so every other position I would think is gonna play. There's little dings and bruises. Here and there. The health of the secondary, though, is gonna be key. And, and how how often these guys can stay on the field? It's gonna be key for a guy like Carson Beck because against AM uh, dropping like flies. I mean, DJ James, their their number one corner, he left the game at one point. Donovan Kaufman, who takes over at Star at that nickel spot, he's been a really kind of dynamic, versatile player. He had to leave the game and couldn't come back. Zion Puckett, the starting safety, he had to leave the game and couldn't come back. And so when Max Johnson came in the game for AM, that's something Hugh Free said. He said, Look. We had a couple busted coverages, but we had our third team safety in the game. And so the injury bug, particularly in the secondary, has just not been very nice to Auburn here early in the year. But I think numbers wise, correct me if I'm wrong, it certainly seems that way. I think Georgia has a has a more extensive list right now. Tell me the names that are on there and and which ones you think are most significant right now.
0: Nathan, I feel like I need one of those uh, ad uh, where they speed up your your voice by like two and a <laughs> half, like they're reading an advertisement to go through. Uh, the biggest ones, Lad McConkey, he has not played yet this year, dealing with a back injury. It sounds like they're optimistic, and I believe he will at least travel, and they're going to watch him in warm-ups and, and see if he's able to go. Uh, but again, he hasn't played at all that this year, which has been a significant loss for Carson Beck. That's probably going to be his number one receiver had he been playing um, elsewhere, run, running back is pretty beat up. Kendall Milton's been dealing with an MCL injury. Sounds optimistic. He's another guy that I do think will travel. Roderick Robinson's a true freshman who kind of picked up the load in those early games because Dejan Edwards, who's the number one back, uh, did not play to start the season. But Roderick is dealing with a high ankle sprain. I do not think he's going to make that trip to Auburn. He is still on the recovery um, and still trying to work his way back. Michael Williams, like I mentioned, at defensive end. um, I think he will make the trip coming back from an illness. Um, And then probably the other big one, because there's a few reserve guys that are also beat up, banged up. uh, But Javon Bullard at safety. I mean, this is a guy that is pivotal to this defense. Uh, He was uh, the star last year for Georgia, uh, was the defensive MVP of both playoff victories. Uh, Had started the season really well, got hurt against Ball State, did not play against South Carolina, did not play against UAB. Uh, I think they're optimistic. I think he's another guy that they want to see how he warms up because he warmed up for the South Carolina game and they shut it down, said he didn't feel right, didn't feel 100%. Um, So there's definitely question marks. And if you are Auburn, uh, just given what you know about both teams, given the lay of the land, I think you kind of take the setup for this game, playing it in Jordan-Hare. Getting a Georgia team that is fairly beat up at this point in the year, because if some of those guys that I named don't go, it's pretty significant losses for Georgia.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: At least, yeah, at least from my perspective of someone who has not watched every snap Georgia has played this season... And knowing this, the impact of some of these injuries, it does not seem like doesn't seem like the Death Star has 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 completely started firing up yet. I mean, I know that Georgia is a team that is extremely well coached, probably better than anybody in the country. I think their depth—that's the biggest thing. Like the the whole recruiting argument, at least—and this is kind of an aside, but um, you know, everyone knows how important it is for for somebody like Georgia and the teams that have been recruiting at a high level over the past few years when you have injuries like this, and you've mentioned a bunch of ones that really matter, like your number one receiver and your number one pass rusher and starting offensive lineman and really good running back when these guys are all injured and you're still just kind of humming along and you still are playing your biggest rival on the road. And you're like a 16 point favorite that just goes to show how well you've kind of stocked the cupboard there. Um, And that just, that that's something that'll be interesting, you know, from, from my perspective in this game is that, this is another one where talent gap has been the word Hugh Freeze has used a lot. That's been a buzzword for him really since he got hired because he's kind of he's a lot more transparent, I think, than, than the past couple Auburn coaches and saying, look, like if we execute well, well, we can compete with anybody, which is the case when you play in the SEC, I think. But um, he was like, you know, we don't have the talent to consistently beat these teams like if you go play Georgia at home you you might only win two times out of 10 because they have that as he said on last week he said look these next few opponents were playing A&M Georgia LSU they have stacked top five class on top five class on top five class and he made the point he was like we're halfway through one class so really you kind of have to take that zoomed out perspective and I think that's something all Auburn fans know but just kind of offering that to the side of Georgia fans that is at least where the Auburn head coach is in this in this situation right now now is the fan expectation the same? You'd like to think so, but patience is, uh, I I don't know. I I was, I've I've not necessarily been pleased with the reaction from one loss against Texas A&M. I think maybe, maybe a loss to Georgia or, you know, if they go out and play a little bit better, people will realize, Hey, we're just, we're just not there yet. Um, But I do think this is a game, Jordan, where, you know, you look back and I think, earlier this week, people thought that Kirby Smart was, com- or excuse me, that Hugh Freeze was comparing himself to Kirby Smart's early career. He was not doing that. Um, he even said, look, I know what Kirby inherited. I think he meant he knows that he inherited a team that won 20 games over the, the previous two years. Um, but it it still needs to be an Auburn team that plays better. And I think that's just at the end of the day here. Now, there are factors for Auburn to go in there and, and pull an upset. Mainly, it means you play almost a perfect game and Georgia kind of helps you out a little bit. Um, but they do need to play better. I think is I think is the big thing in this game. They cannot go out there and have the sort of offensive performance that they did against Texas A and M. Even if you even if you put up a similar amount of points, it just looked ugly. It just looked like you didn't necessarily um, have an identity on that side of the ball. I want to ask really quickly before we before we maybe move into some keys to the game. Um, you mentioned Georgia's running game. I am interested how successful that has been, and then a guy that a couple guys that have been mentioned to us this week by. Auburn players, look, they pointed out the two transfer receivers and then obviously um, Brock Bowers. Those are, you know, Ra Thomas was a guy that Auburn was extremely interested in in the transfer portal. Also, you get Dominic Lovett. They pretty much grabbed two of the SEC's best transfer receivers. How have they performed in the passing game? And then is this running game one where you think could set the tone on Saturday? Because Auburn's run defense has been it's not been incredible, but it's been pretty solid here through a few games. We talked about
0: the defensive line earlier, and to me, besides the defensive line, it is the run game that I have the biggest questions about just because uh, I mentioned earlier, they are pretty banged up. Dejon Edwards had missed the first couple games, came back against South Carolina, uh, wound up, you know, no big deal, just rushing for his career best. I think it was something like 108 yards, something like that, and it was huge, especially in that fourth quarter. They really rode him hard. You know, if you don't have Kendall Milton, that's a pretty tough loss as far as your your one-two combo not having that second guy. Uh, Roger Robinson still a freshman, still had a ways to go, but it was giving you some pretty valuable carries in those early games. You're kind of looking at guys like Andrew Paul, who's a redshirt freshman who last fall camp was looking really good, and then tore his ACL. and And I think they're trying to be very conscious of how they kind of work him back and the workload they give him. I'm really interested to see, you know, how much he plays and and if he does get a significant number of carries. And it's so wild to me, Nathan, we talk about Georgia and how they've recruited, but they they have a few walk ons that they rely on quite a bit. And I think one we'll see is Cash Jones, one of the running backs, a guy from Texas that uh, they got on uh, uh, late uh, back when he was being recruited and uh, he's played quite a bit. He's had a couple of touchdowns through these early games. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him get a few snaps along the way, um, and he would be pretty big in that, uh, you know, just being able to move that move that, and, and make sure Georgia is not one-dimensional. And to mention those receivers, uh, you know, Dom Lovett almost immediately has been one of uh, Carson Beck's leading receivers, one of his go-to guys, which, again, I think in part is probably because Ladd has not been playing, but, you know, when he got here in the spring, he was getting buzz immediately. I mean, to the point that, you know, I felt like he had a chance to be an All-SEC receiver. And and I think he still does have a chance. He's called several passes to this point in the year. Um, got to be a little more consistent. You know, he's had some drops where uh, someone in the uh, press box during one game pointed out he makes all the hard catches. It's usually those easy catches that I don't know if it's thinking about, you know, yards after the catch or what. Um, but but again, you know, some of those games, maybe that had something to do with it. Rarah Thomas, I think, has come a long way. Uh, you know, they talked about early in the year, he didn't play quite that much in those early uh, weeks. And they talked about he was trying to get caught up with the playbook, sort of learning. Because imagine coming from Mike, Lee, uh, Mike Leach's air raid and coming to this offense very, very different. And you're definitely asking a whole lot of different things from those receivers. But Rara's probably been... Their most consistent deep threat, and uh, going back to that South Carolina game, because again, that by far has been the most telling game that Georgia's had. The very, I think it might have been the first or second play of the third quarter, Georgia's down fourteen to three. Really can't afford to not score points on this drive. Carson Beck throws it to Rara Thomas. It's about a thirty-five yard gain, and you could kind of feel, especially with that being a home game. Sanford Stadium, get a little energy, you know, a little bit of confidence. And and really from there on, Georgia just dominated. So I I expect healthy doses of Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas. Uh, And again, like I talked about, that run game is going to be very, very interesting uh, and something to watch. Um, Nathan, I want to throw us to a break real quick. We'll come back and really dive into specifics of Saturday's game, what we're looking for, uh, what needs to happen for both sides to be successful and uh, give some score predictions. Welcome back, everybody. Well, Nathan, looking to Saturday, let's start with where this line is. I think it's a, a little bit north of two touchdowns. Did this catch you off guard? And, and what do you make of where this line is and Vegas's expectations for how this game plays
1: out? We were sitting in the Houston airport, George Bush, and made predictions about 30 minutes before this came out on where it was going to be. Um, and yeah, it is kind of... it's. It's sort of surprising when I mean, maybe not surprising based on this year, but it's not what you want to see when you're Auburn, when you're kind of just throwing out that it's easily going to be a two touchdown um, spread. Yeah, I mean, it it, I don't know. I think that I think that Auburn's defense can keep Georgia from scoring too much. And at at the risk of sounding like extremely rudimentary here, um, I think it just comes down to how many touchdowns Auburn can score in this game if they, and again, this is, this is extremely baseline analysis here, but if they can score, if, if Auburn can score more than one touchdown in this game, I think they have a good chance of covering um, because then you're asking, then you're asking Georgia to get into the thirties. You know, if Auburn puts up 17, you're asking Georgia to get like 30, 34, 35 points plus to, to cover in this game. Can they do that in Jordan Hare? I mean, I, I, they can, absolutely. They can. Um, but I, again, I haven't seen Auburn's defense break down that much this year they've actually they've executed for the most part on all three levels pretty well and I do think they'll be looking to take advantage of of Georgia playing at one of its biggest rivals playing in an extremely difficult place to play in the first road game of the season and the first road game for for Carson Beck so as I'm sure we'll get into a couple times here in our in our keys to the game so much of this comes down to Auburn's passing game Uh, it's they they can hang around for a little bit and it's funny, they hung around until the fourth quarter. If Robbie Ashford hits a hits a touchdown throw that was pretty much on the money to Shane Hooks, and he's had some issues, not with drops, but just not making catches in coverage. If he catches that ball, it's 20 to 17 with seven minutes left after Auburn has played just horrendously on offense the entire game. And so um, they could be in that situation for a couple quarters against Georgia, but if it doesn't get going, I don't see it being a three-point game in the fourth quarter. Um, I think Georgia obviously has much more talent on both lines of scrimmage to be able to kind of put the game away and start to wear down Auburn. And so, yeah, when it comes to the line specifically, again, I, I think it's pretty cut and dry. If Auburn scores two touchdowns in this game, I think they have a pretty good chance of covering. If not, I mean, you can see Georgia maybe get around to the low 30s. If Auburn can't get past 10 points, then, then Georgia will probably cover in that in that regard.
0: I, I think you hit on it. I mean, I think this line is representative of uh the confidence in Auburn's offense or lack thereof. I mean, and and you were there, so you you have a but much better perspective. But Georgia, that game against UAB didn't kick off till 730 Eastern. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna plant down and watch this. And and by about the third quarter, I'd kind of seen enough with with the Auburn offense. A lot of questions they have got to figure out whether it's Peyton Thorne or who they decide to trot out there, they've got to be more productive in the passing game. And uh, I will say too, I think you made a good point about the defense. The fact that they didn't kind of, you know, throw it in and and call it a day on the road in college station in that game, you know, that tells me that I would take a whole lot of points from Georgia for that to happen in Jordan hair, where, you know, that stadium's going to be loud, where you've got that crowd support. So I do think that's something to keep in mind. Um, well, looking at this game, Nathan, what has to go right for Auburn? In, in your mind, if we say at the end of Saturday, this was a competitive game for Auburn, Auburn made it a four-quarter contest, what had to go right? What does Auburn need to do to hang with Georgia?
1: Yeah, it starts It starts and ends, maybe not ends, but it it definitely starts with with Peyton Thorne in that passing game. And, uh, and uh, at the risk of repeating the same things a few times during this show, um, like you said, Jordan, anybody watching that game against Texas A&M knows that if they just, if they have a little bit more juice on offense in that game, not even on offense, they actually ran the ball pretty well. And we haven't even, I haven't even talked about Auburn's running backs. Um, they, I feel like they can be pretty good. Uh, they can be pretty good this season, even without Damari Alston. You've got Jarquez Hunter that Georgia fans remember, you know, from the past couple years, he's been pretty good. Brian Battee is a USF transfer who ran for a thousand yards last year. He's been pretty solid. And Jeremiah Cobb is a four-star guy that, that Georgia recruited Clemson recruited, you know, Tennessee recruited. Um, he's been really, really good too. He definitely looks the part of a, of a future sec running back. But the problem is, you know, Texas A&M came out. They were like, all right, go ahead and throw it because we don't think you can do it. Auburn couldn't do it. And so after they learned Auburn couldn't do it, they just stacked the box. You couldn't run it anymore. And that's when the four straight three and outs came. And so, um, you know, that was something that Hugh Free said on the teleconference yesterday. One of the things he's most impressed about about George's defense over the years from, hey, you played Kirby all the way back in 2016 in his first year to now. He said, look, they do the same things on defense, same sort of principles. It's just so much more difficult to predict. And, he, and he's talking about not only heading into a game, but drive to drive. They do such a good job of disguising things. And again, it's really going to take Peyton Thorne being on the money. Um, in this game, I'm I'm not thinking he has to be an explosive passer by any means. And, and I am, again, saying this, assuming that he is their starting quarterback. I think he's going to be, would not be surprised to see him get pulled if if nothing works. Just because Robbie Ashford's so different. Like, he, Robbie Ashford's a guy, he's not going to get sacked. At least, not very easily. He's a guy who can slip out of the pocket, keep plays alive for better or for worse. Thorne is not as athletic. Thorne's pocket presence maybe isn't as good, so he's just going to get taken down if there's if there's pressure, it also goes over to the the turnover side of things, which is always a key when you're looking for an upset. It, I mean, it's pretty much key in any game. But Auburn is one of the only teams in the country right now. So they forced eight turnovers on the season, but their margin is only plus one. And so they're, I think they're one of only four teams in college football right now with that low of a margin, but that many turnovers forced. Um, that goes back to the defense has done a good job. I mean, you saw the turnover against A&M. Eugene Asante had to had to juke out Jimbo Fisher, but they've also had five interceptions. On the season, and so you're talking about a pretty opportunistic defense. A bunch of guys in that secondary have been getting involved. Jalen Simpson is a name. He's a Georgia kid who's going to be fired up. This is probably, it's definitely his last game. He's going to the NFL. Um, playmaker there at safety, move from corner to safety. Uh, he's awesome. I mean, he he's just a ball hawk. He had three picks for the first three games of the year. Didn't have one against A and but he's definitely a guy when that ball's in the air. Um, he'll be looking for it. And so it's again, it's it's kind of simple when you're talking about the recipe for an upset, but winning the turnover battle. If, if Peyton Thorne completes decent amount of his passes, he goes for over a hundred yards. By the way, Auburn hasn't thrown for hundred yards in a power five game since like last October. So that's not necessarily great. And this is not Navy. We're talking about this is, this is Auburn that now has a passing oriented head coach. Um, so they definitely like to see that get fixed. But if you're talking about Auburn winning the turnover margin and Peyton Thorne hits on a few good throws, doesn't turn it over. I definitely think Auburn's in this game in the fourth quarter. I still don't think they'll win, but that's that's you're talking about the recipe for them to be competitive in this game. I think those are the two biggest things because I do think the defense will do a good job. Now, if the defense doesn't do a good job, Carson Beck does whatever he wants, running game goes wild for Georgia, I mean this 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 won't be competitive. I am interested from your perspective though talking about jo- what is what is sort of Georgia's mindset and the keys that they're looking at in this game. I know that South Carolina has been pretty much the only data piece for them against quality opposition. But as you know, from covering the sport for a long time, like you can take things away from ball state and you can take things away from UAB, similar to how like Auburn's playing UMass in season opener. And I'm like, this passing game might have some issues. Like they score 50 plus points. And I'm like, ah, there's some things going on here. You can, you can sort of read and figure it out. What are some spots that you think, okay, Georgia has done this really well. They need to keep doing this. Or, hey, this is something they need to fix and, and could be an issue for them and, and maybe an, a formula for Auburn to keep this thing close.
0: Well, to date, they've done a very good job of taking care of the football. Off the top of my head, I think they've only had two turnovers so far. One was a bobbled pass uh, that was intercepted against Ball State, and then they had a fumble against UAB on a punt return. So for the most part, taking care of the ball. And I think that you know Auburn's got to get – Auburn – to make this competitive has to win the turnover battle. I think it's as simple as that. Something that I think that they are really going to be mindful of in this game is trying to create explosive plays. And we've heard a good bit about it from Kirby Smart the last couple of weeks. He brought up a fact that some of the numbers they have, you know, we put so much value in that turnover ratio. He said that, you know, that they have the stats that show that the teams that create more explosive plays on a given Saturday, Uh, that the win-loss percentage is considerably higher compared to who wins a turnover battle. And I think that's something Georgia wants. As I mentioned earlier, you know, Carson's had some opportunities. They've made a few um, come through with some big plays through the air, but there's been missed opportunities. And when you look at this game, I see, you know, Mike Bobo. Hey, I know a lot of Auburn fans remember that name. Uh, He, I, I think he'll come into this game and understand that a good way to kind of quiet that crowd is to take a shot fairly early. And and I think that will also help kind of settle Carson in. I think he's a guy with a big arm that, that likes to really make a couple big throws before he's finally really comfortable and uh, really able to operate. So I'm expecting on that first or second drive for Georgia – them to take a deep shot with either Rara Thomas, who we talked about, Arian Smith, the guy that had the 76-yard touchdown in the Peach Bowl against Ohio State, that I don't think if they don't get that play, I don't think Georgia wins that game. I mean, a huge momentum change in that game. Um, so I expect that being really, really big for Georgia to try to create explosive plays early. Yeah. And then the other thing is just really relying on the run game with Dejon Edwards. I think that um, as good as I do think this passing game is, they've got to – Um, show that they can consistently run the ball. They did a very good job against South Carolina. But, I mean, at times they've been playing with spare parts at running back. They've been playing Dylan Bell, who's a wide receiver. Uh, He's taken several carries and been in the backfield. Uh, If you see number 86 on Saturday, uh, you don't need to adjust your TV. That is a receiver uh, taking snaps back there at running back. But uh, those are the big things to me. that I think if they take care of the ball, uh, if they're able to run it, uh, and if they take some shots early, it'll set up Georgia to have a really successful day. Um, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Nathan, and then I will follow up. How do you see this playing out? Um, what's your prediction for this game? How do you see uh, this edition of the Deep South's oldest rivalry playing out?
1: Yeah, it still takes some getting used to, by the way, of, of playing this at, at this point in the year. Um, I, think I'll, I think I'll be used to it after a couple more years, but, you know, you're – I think for Auburn, you're maybe glad that it is where it is because, like we mentioned previously, um, this might be a good spot to catch Georgia in terms of health. But also, when you're going against some of the better coach teams in the country, you know, even look at somebody like Alabama; like they look better than they than they did against USF and Texas. And, you know, they they look better against Ole Miss. Georgia's probably you know in that same camp where they're going to improve over the course of the year because you have so much talent and, and so much coaching. There is a key to this game that I am interested that that could sway. Again, I'm not convinced that there's a lot of avenues for Auburn to win this game, um, but could sway the competitiveness. And it and it goes with actually a comment that we've got on your YouTube page right now, and that's that Georgia needs to be more productive in the first half of the game. Um, looking at just kind of you know jumping over some scores early this year, I have seen that hey they've you know they've they've let some other teams hang around because maybe they haven't scored too much. Um, Auburn hasn't scored in the first quarter since week one. So that could be something. And again, I think that's kind of an overblown piece sometimes in games. People say, oh, you got to get off to a hot start. That's always a funny. That's always a great question. Coach, how important is it to get off to a fast start? But at the same time, those points will come back later in the game to end up mattering. And so that is something I'll be interested in. You kind of have seen Auburn over the years take advantage of of a hot crowd in the middle of the day at a 230 kick and really kind of ride that wave, maybe get an early touchdown. That could be a key in this game. I just if if they hadn't looked so out of sorts in the passing game against Texas A&M and against another really good defensive line, which I, I'm, I mean, A&M's D line right now might be better than Georgia's, um, but they just they were so out of whack in that game. I'm not sure you can make changes along the offensive line. I'm not sure you can make changes in game plan. I'm not sure you can make changes in confidence level for a guy like Peyton Bourne from one week to another coming home against the number one team in the country to be able to have a chance to win this game. Now, I'm still giving the staff the benefit of the doubt because I've I've you've seen Hugh Freeze in this movie before. Like he they do well in upset scenarios when they play at home. Look back at his time at Ole Miss. They weren't supposed to beat a couple teams when he was at Liberty. Like he gets his teams up for these games and normally their game plans are pretty effective. And so I'm still thinking that they have a chance to play better here on Saturday. It, it all comes down to that for me. It all comes down to the passing game. It all comes down to the offensive line and, and Peyton Thorne. And I just don't see them having the horses right now. I, we haven't even mentioned the receivers for Auburn where they've got a couple guys who have done well, but that's it. I mean, it's, it's just not a very deep receiving core where they've had a lot of explosiveness, but at the same time, they haven't really had an opportunity to because the, the quarterbacks haven't been able to to complete the ball. And so I just, I think maybe, Hey, if this is, if this is Ole Miss, Coming into Jordan hair, then maybe that's a better bounce back spot. And you're saying, Hey, if we execute and we have a better game plan, we, we coach our quarterbacks better. So Hugh free said this week, he said, look, we let, we let them down. Like we let Peyton Thorne. down. we did not coach him well enough. Um, It's not something I think you would have heard the previous coach say, but maybe if it wasn't number one, Georgia, looking to three Pete, you would maybe have a better spot to bounce back here. I think this is the wrong, this is the wrong timing um, it's the wrong spot for Auburn. Georgia, I think, will get better as the year has gone along. And I think there's just way too much talent on this Georgia defense. Uh, at the risk of two games going back-to-back with the same score, I think I'm going to pick Georgia 27-10, to which is the same score as AM. That That would be three Georgia touchdowns and a couple field goals. That that seems right to me. And it goes back to where I think that would cover at a lot of places because I don't think it's up to 17 everywhere. Um, but it goes back to where we were talking about before. If, Georgia, if Auburn scores and it's 27-17, then they would – cover in that instance and so could be more than that give or take a touchdown here or there but that just feels right for me right now with the caveat of you know if you're an Auburn fan with the caveat of saying if you play well and you improve from last week this will be a good game if you are going to Jordan hair you're gonna have a good time this will probably be a competitive game I don't see Georgia going in there and blowing the doors off of this defense with the way they've played um early in the year and so I wonder how similar your your prediction is Jordan from the from the Georgia side of things
0: um, pretty much exactly what
1: you had. You
0: had 27-10. I had 28-10. to Um One point I did want to bring up that I hadn't mentioned that I think is something to keep in mind for this Auburn offense. The last two games, South Carolina and UAB, Georgia's defense has allowed a two-minute drill touchdown right before the end of the first half. And, you know, we talk so much about the middle eight, and we talk about trying to make uh, the most of possessions, which – I don't know, Nathan, if you have the same feeling. It just feels like with the clock changes that maybe you don't have quite as many possessions, maybe by just one or two, but it seems like those first halves go by so fast. And if you, one, miss on opportunities, but two, cash in like right before a half, that it's huge. And I would say that that's something uh, that I would watch with Auburn, see if they're able to score right before the break, especially if they were to get the ball to start the third quarter. Again, it all boils down to me with, with Auburn's quarterback. If Auburn was getting good quarterback play and their passing offense looked dangerous, I would say that this would be a four quarter game that they could keep up with Georgia. I think I would still probably pick Georgia just because of the talent and just because uh, of what they've got on both sides of the ball. But I just say, I have to see it to believe it. I just, there was not enough there from Peyton Thorne. Um, I will say, Kirby Smart, super, super complimentary of Robbie Ashford and what he brings to the table and understanding what kind of threat he is. And he said good things about Peyton Thorne as well. Uh, but I, I just don't think Auburn's going to be able uh, to move the ball enough. I think that it would probably take a defensive touchdown for this to be a four quarter game. I'm just not sure uh, that they can muster the offense against a defense that, you know, admittedly has some holes and has some things it's still figuring out after losing the guys that did last year, um, but I'm going 28 to 10 and I wanted to make sure I mention uh, Benjamin Wolk, our buddy, uh, he is picking 30 to 14 Georgia to win. So that's probably a push to point, depending on where you've uh, got that line. Um, but, but I'm saying 28 to 10, I, I just do not see uh, an Avenue where Auburn gets enough offense to win this one.
1: Yeah. And crazier things have certainly happened inside that stadium. And this will, this will tell me a lot. This this, I think, and you, and you, we say it every week, or at least we have here when you're talking about a, a year one coaching staff, you're going to learn more every single game, um, because I think it's it's so clear right now that they just it's hard to know who you have when you haven't played games, like, even in the preseason. You know, this was a patchwork offensive line that I think in terms of pass pro, like they thought they were going to be better than they have been um, through a few games. Peyton Thorne, he won this job because of his decision making and because of how comfortable he looked running this offense. Neither of thi- those things have been very good through a few games. And so it really just goes to show sometimes it doesn't even matter the competition level. You, sometimes you just have to see the bullets start flying. And that's why I think, depending on what happens here, Robbie Ashford could be could be a better solution for them after the bye week. I, again, I'm kind of jumping the gun here. One game, Peyton Thorne could go out and have a much improved um, performance. But again, this, is, this has the opportunity, I think, to be a competitive game in spots because of where it's being played it was in Sanford Stadium I don't I don't think I would necessarily share that same opinion you've seen Auburn on the road over the years on offense it's it's it's, it's not a very pretty picture sometimes when they play great defenses but when they come home obviously they've, they've got a little bit more juice and so um, you know, I'm glad you brought up that early early part of the game as well and that middle eight and kind of the the clock kind of playing a factor it's You really have to kind of get into the nitty-gritty to see to see what the clock is. Then I think people are like, oh, it's you know, shortening games. It's not really shortening games that much. It's just you look at total plays, and sometimes if you have a bunch of penalties or you have a bunch of turnovers, all of a sudden, like you've only had three drives in the first half, um, just because of how quickly it can turn over. That was Auburn's case against Cal. Like they weren't playing awful on offense, but they were turning it over and they had penalties. All of a sudden, like it's fourth quarter, it's go time. Like, you have to win this game. You just haven't had the ball. Um, that much. And so ball control for Auburn on offense that, you know, with the running backs, I think could be a key in here as well. Like you, I'm obviously hoping this is a, this is another exciting addition of this rivalry. We've had a bunch of them over the years, but man, this is, this is a streak. Auburn would like to break sooner rather than later. I don't know if this is the year to do it and they go to Athens next year, but six straight losses for Auburn going back since that 2017 um, SEC championship game. It ties their second worst streak in the series history. And so I know Georgia is where they, is where they are Jordan, but you know, from, from being on both sides of this rivalry, um, how badly Auburn fans want Hugh freeze to crack this thing at some point.
0: Definitely, definitely. And and it's hard to believe honestly, that it's been so long it since is. Auburn yeah. won that game. Um, and, you know, we'll be having this conversation next year where Auburn wants to win in Georgia for the first time, win in Athens for the first time since 2005, which is hard to believe. Um, but it, it's going to make for a good game. I think it's going to make for a fun game, going to be another interesting edition of this game. Uh, Nathan, before we get out of here, any parting thoughts, anything else that's on your mind about this game and uh, what we're getting ready to walk into uh, in Jordan Hare on Saturday?
1: Yeah, for, I mean, from a, from, a, from a micro perspective on Auburn, week to week this team is so interesting because I don't think that they have – that that anybody should necessarily from the outside have these super lofty goals for them this season, but winning seven games would be pretty good um, for Hugh freeze in year one. And so really just for me, it's, it's kind of saying, Hey, what does their path look like every single week? I think the bye week really comes at the right time for them. So that's something I'll be interested in saying. I'm not, I'm not saying they have no chance to win this game, but assuming that they do lose this game, I'm going to be looking for trends going into the bye week. We mentioned play calling. We mentioned quarterback play. Those are kind of the the one A and one B here. Um, that maybe there could be some changes because Hugh Freeze, talking to him on Monday, he's not like he's not attached to much of anything. And even even we're talking about Holden Garner, the third, the third team quarterback we haven't even mentioned he didn't sound too opposed to like giving him a shot at some point. And so he's got nothing to lose from a zoomed out perspective, getting to see a playoff contender come in a team that's trying to make a historic three-peat in, in Georgia. I remember Kirby coming to that Birmingham uh, fundraiser, you know, a few months ago and I was there and somebody asked him about three-peating, you know, what's your mindset of trying to three-peat? And he said, same, it's been with the other two. was such a great answer. And so, you know, Georgia over the course of this year is such an interesting team to watch, but, you know, it seems like Jordan, I know that you've seen it here in the early stages of the year. Like we've got some parody going on at the top of the sport. I don't know if anyone is necessarily like excellent at this point, and that's really fun from a fan perspective. Can Georgia become that team? Maybe it could start with a blowout win on on Saturday. They really start to crack their knuckles. But I think we're gonna get through most of the season with a bunch of really, really good, maybe not great teams. Um, So I'll be interested to get eyes on Georgia. It's one of a couple teams of that of that regard that Auburn will play this season and uh, see what they look like on Saturday and then maybe see what they look like in November.
0: Definitely. And it's almost a shame that this year is playing out where uh, I wish that uh, we had that 12 team playoff this year because I think it could get really, really feisty and, and see those teams make it interesting. Really, I think I've hit on most of the things for me. Uh again, want to see Georgia's defensive line, want to see how well they run the ball, and want to see how Carson Beck reacts to this crowd, because it's going to be like nothing he's ever played in before. And if Georgia makes plays early, then that crowd probably won't matter as much in that second half. Uh Nathan, I think we're going to wrap it up right there. I appreciate you for popping on. Uh, obviously uh, go check out the Auburn Undercover Podcast and everybody over there at Auburn 247. All kinds of good content as we get ready for this game. Of course, go to Dogs 247. We got you covered for all the Georgia coverage, the Junkyard Dogcast. Also, go to our YouTube, Dogs 247. Got all kinds of Uh, content over there from the podcast to Kirby Smart press conferences to our interviews with the players. Uh, Lots of good stuff there. So we're going to wrap it up right there for Nathan King. I am Jordan Hill and until next time, take care everybody.